look at it a lot of times. You look at early startup day and say, okay, you got the founder and their their partner or whatever there. That's just one single line of communication. Nice, simple, easy, everything's good there. As soon as you add, okay, let's add a third player in here. You've increased headcount by 50%, but now you've got three complete separate lines of communication. You've increased communication challenges 300 times. And you keep blowing that up, just add one more person. It's, it's an exponential scale at that point. And from a business owner, you say, well, I'm just adding one more person. It's not a big deal, but it's that complexity that just kind of builds up, builds up, builds up over time until something happens and the, the, the stack blocks falls over at that point. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Today, we're talking with Jeff Chastain. Jeff is an expert and a practitioner and coach in Gina Wickman's work from his book, Traction, and specifically his EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System. We're going to talking about scaling a business and how you've got to get the vision right, traction and health, vision, traction and health of a business. We talk about the VTO, the Vision Traction Organizer, where business owners go wrong in scaling the business and what you can do to correct that. Straight into my episode now with Jeff Chastain. Hi, and welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Um, Jeff, Jeff Chastain is my guest today. Jeff is a creator, problem solver. He's a professional EOS implementer. We're going to be talking more about entrepreneurial operating systems soon. And he helps work with entrepreneurial business leaders with the keys to help them scale their business. Jeff, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you, Gavin. It's, it's nice to be here. So tell me a little bit, and, and the listeners, a little bit of your background, Jeff. So I actually... I actually started actually in the corporate world more than anything. I didn't have the, the the true typical stereotypical entrepreneurial kind of way, but I actually started out in the corporate world. That was kind of my family background of go get a big corporate job, be safe there forever kind of a thing, retire there and just, it, it just never really fit kind of a thing. I spent a number of years with, with Hewlett Packard, just not finding my place in the organization. And one day basically actually with the, the, the merger of HP and Compact took my exit at that point. Looking back, it was probably pretty risky because I had a, a one-year-old at the time and wow. a, another one on the way. And it's like, sure, yeah. let's jump out of the corporate world. Let's go start something new. But that's kind of the way most entrepreneur kind of stuff happens. So actually, I went, I had a technology background, went into uh, CTO style, fractional CTO work, consulting. And over the years, just kept working with clients, working with smaller businesses, things like that. And We'd go implement a CRM system, for example, something like that, that they were looking for this tool, they were looking for a technology solve, and it really became evident that, okay, they didn't have the foundation of the business in place. They didn't have their sales process documented, yet we're going to go put in a technology tool to somehow solve all the problems here. And really, at that point, actually kind of got introduced to EOS Detraction to say, hey, let's, we actually need to go back and look at some of the business aspects, some of the foundational aspects before you start putting in tools, before you start putting in technology, because the tool by itself is not going to solve anything. If anything, it's going to amplify the fact that, okay, we don't have the foundation in place. So that was really kind of my my transition to say, okay, instead of focusing so much on the technology, let's actually go back and focus on the business side and then help some people out. Because honestly, and say this is 
you know this as well as I do, that, okay, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, we come in with an idea about a new product or a new service. We don't necessarily have an MBA background on how to go build a successful business or scale a successful business. And a lot sure. of times the entrepreneur gets into this of, hey, the product's successful, the service is successful, and now what do I do that I don't have any of that that foundation underneath me? I can't scale this. I can't grow this. I'm wearing too many hats. I'm dying under the load kind of a thing here. And then that's really where we start seeing that that struggle come in. So you, you, the, the second phase of failures. Yeah, you, you do. You get either burnout of the, the, the founder, the entrepreneur, or their team members, or you burnt through all your cash. Um, or your customer goodwill if you've had problems in delivery <laughs> yeah. and then the, the, the business kind of starts to fail. Yeah, that's, that's really is the case. And that's unfortunate. I, I hate seeing that side. And that's that's really kind of why I got into this is I, I like seeing, being able to rekindle that kind of fire, be kind of able to say, hey, yeah, we, we actually can make this work again. This doesn't have to be the struggle that it is today kind of a thing. And so many business people, entrepreneurs go into business, they, they're they creative, they've got an idea about how they can deliver a product or a service um, more effectively to a higher quality standard, more cheaply, whatever it may be, than what they currently see in the marketplace. But they don't necessarily appreciate how they need to build the systems or the operating system in their business in order to deliver on that. So what are the key things that you see business owners getting wrong and what should they do about that when they're looking to scale their business? I don't know that it's necessarily getting things wrong. It's it's actually still, to me, it's that creative mindset that you were just talking about. It's like, that's just not their forte to go build systems, build processes. Sure. And a lot of ways they actually look at it almost as a negative when, honestly, I see it as a positive, but they look at it and say, hey, I don't want to kill the creativity in my business or in my personality by introducing all this structure. And you kind of almost have to look at it from the other side of the coin and say, wait a minute, actually putting in some of that process, some of that structure frees you up to be creative, that you don't have to worry so much about order fulfillment that you talked about working right every time. It's you've now got a process that we know we do A, B, C, and D, and I don't have to sit there and deal with so many customer complaints and things like that if I've got that process done. So it actually takes a lot of that load off of, especially that that visionary type, but takes a load off of them to say, hey, you can actually have fun in this because some things are structured, some things are systematized doesn't restrict you in what you can do. It just gives you a little bit more structure underneath to build on. Yeah, sure. So given most on a lot of entrepreneurs are creative and systems and structure isn't necessarily their first port of call or their natural preference, how can they go about building robust systems and processes to ensure that the business can efficiently deliver? Well, and I was going to say, you're in the, the, the same realm. I would say a lot of it is you don't necessarily need to go reinvent the wheel that everybody looks at their their business and says, hey, we're unique. And in, in some respects, they really are. But when it comes to business fundamentals, business structure, a, a software business versus a, a cleaning service or a solutions business, we've still got to have the same thing. We've still got to have a way to go into the market, identify who our prospect is. We've got to have a, a process, a, a way to go sell to them. We've got to have one or more ways of delivering our services, depending on what we've got kind of a thing. We've got to have a customer solution, a customer service process or an accounting process, things like that. They're, they're the same really across industries and there's there's solutions out there, whether it's, um, let's say in, in my case, it's a there's a book called Traction out there that details a lot of it kind of a thing, but it's there's proven processes out there already that you don't have to go reinvent the wheel and 
granted, I'm, I'm guilty of this as, as much as the next person. I've got way too much visionary in me as well that I, I always want to go create and do things myself. It's like, okay, as that visionary, that's actually more freeing if you can start to look at, okay, what's the proven processes? What's the tools out there we can use? And I can start offloading some of those hats that I don't have to do everything myself. I don't have to recreate the wheel. And that's that's tough as a visionary. <laughs> I've, I've done it myself for 15 plus years. It's it's too so you've mentioned traction there and um and you've also we've also mentioned a couple of times the entrepreneur operating system um so tell tell the for those people that haven't read or listened to traction and that not heard about eos what is it well eos is really just i look at it as almost uh the base level entrepreneurial focused mba kind of a thing so it's it's a very basic set of tools a very basic set of processes that really look at three different areas that we look at is, is vision, traction, and health. So vision is simply a matter of saying, okay, the, the, the visionary, you, you've got your idea, you've got your grand vision of where you want your business to go, but does the rest of your team even know what that vision is? Sure. Are they bought into that vision? For that matter, do they know where their place is? Because if somebody's coming to work for you on a nine to five and I'm just punching a time clock versus if somebody's really bought into your vision and says, hey, I'm a part of taking this company this way and delivering this value, that's two different complete mindsets on the on the, the worker kind of a thing that how they will contribute to you because you got a lot more buy-in on that second side. So if we can get everybody cohesive together behind that vision, working together on that vision, you'll get so much more traction, which is, is really the second part because a lot of times that visionary owner even for them they've got big grand ideas kind of a thing out there we're going to go save the world and it's like okay so what does that mean to me on the front lines what am i doing today to go help you realize that vision and that's really where we're saying okay great there's the grand vision you've got to have it everybody pulling towards it but let's start bringing that back in let's look at okay a three-year picture what are we going to look like in three years let's bring it back again say what do we need to actually accomplish in the next one year and even in EOS world, it's a it's a 90-day world to say, okay, what are we working on specifically for the next 90 days that I look at it as the the elephant adage to say, okay, your vision's the big elephant. How are we going to eat the elephant now? We got to have single bite-sized chunks here that the the team can work on on a daily basis, on a on a regular basis to know that one, everybody's on the right path. They're not off doing their own thing, ancillary projects, and they're actually contributing towards that vision. And then really, again, the third piece of it, tying all this together is simply the health of the team to say, okay, again, it's, it's one of those structure actually adds flexibility, actually adds freedom. So if we can instill that sense of uh, openness, honestness within the team to say, hey, anybody and everybody, if you see something going on, raise your hand, there's an issue kind of a thing, and they're not going to get killed over it kind of a thing, that we, we've got this, this common sense of, of discussion going on in the community. If there's a sense of accountability, a sense of discipline in there, it's really just getting your team to be a more cohesive unit, work together, have fun together kind of a thing. So it sits out really to answer your question. It's a series of practices, series of processes, et cetera, that revolve around vision, traction, and health just to build a, a more functional, more cohesive unit as, as a company goes. Fantastic. And the, the starting point then, we understand the process. So vision piece, the starting point, the entrepreneurs got the vision, they've got the clarity, but they rarely communicate it. So everybody in the team shares it as bought in fully, fully gets it. Exactly. Yep. So to just take that first step around the vision, how do you increase 
the uh, the impact or the ability of what's in an entrepreneur's head to get to the point of their team members get it and are engaged and, and are on board. Well, it's actually what we refer to one of the tools in traction or yeah, in traction in EOS process is called the VTO. It's Vision Traction Organizer, and it's literally if you think of the the, the big corporate style, say business strategy guide or whatever that's six inches thick and all this kind of stuff, we put all this to work together. We do it from an entrepreneurial standpoint. It's two pages, literally, that it's um, focused on basically eight different key areas that we want to identify from, take from the visionary, get it down to the leadership team, basically make sure your core leadership team is all on the same page. And then from that, go ahead and communicate it out really on a, a quarterly basis to the entire team. But it's Everything from it's not just the so everybody looks at vision and says okay it's the 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 keywords or our little mission statement or whatever on the website that we wrote ten years ago and got left up there and forgotten about et cetera kind of thing collecting dust and vision's really to me a lot more than that that it's yes it's your core focus yes it's who you are as a company but it should also explain okay what who are we trying to go after kind of a thing it should explain our market that okay we're X Y Z a widget company and we're targeting this kind of market, we're targeting uh, this kind of demographic and here are our key differentiators to where everybody in the sales department, the marketing department, et cetera, is using the same terminology, if I can talk here. So getting those kind of ideas out there and then actually getting into some of the planning that I was talking about so that we'd actually have one, the the big 10-year big uh, goal out there, but then still bringing it back in where say, okay, what is our three-year picture. And it's literally just a, a picture. Describe in your mind so that everybody can picture in their own head, hey, this is what we're trying to look like as a company in three years. Bring it, Keep bringing it back down, one-year plan kind of a thing. And then the 90-day plan at that point where everybody knows, okay, in the next 90 days, the company and then even my teams, depending on how big the organization is, have these specific goals that we're working towards. And that whole thing is really the combination of your vision where the, the, the visionary, the founder, the CEO, and his leadership team or her leadership team need to look at that, potentially address that even as much as every 90 days and communicate that out to say, okay, here's where we are. Here's where we want to be. We're on track. We're off track kind of a thing. Get that and basically be pushing that out or communicating that out on a regular basis. Because a lot of times, like I said, it's, it's the visionary's got it in their head, but okay, we've actually got to roll it all the way down everybody down to the trenches can see this and understand this. And that's really where the the open and honesty part comes in to say, hey, our, our goal this year was to hit 5 million. Obviously, COVID, a big pandemic landed right in the middle of that. We're not going to hit that kind of a thing here. And here's how we can all pull together and address that or, or whatever the case may be. Maybe they're on the right side of this and, hey, we're about to blow our goal out of the water kind of a thing six months into the year. So it, it really, it comes down to being open and honest with your team there too. So, so just like, let's just dive into that for a moment because that's people's uh, businesses' plans that they may have gone into January 2020 with. Uh, you know, for many, they have been blown out of, out of the water. What if, what if the kind of the uncertainty around COVID has really sort of um, knocked your vision off track or out of focus that when you talk about 90-day plans, they would have been the ninety day plans are no longer relevant, and because I'm I'm finding some clients that are, are overwhelmed with a level of uncertainty at the moment, and they're finding that planning process very difficult because of they just don't know what's around the corner. Oh, and obviously we've got a a big 
big picture, big picture event kind of a thing going on right now. But the reality is that can happen at, at any given time for a given company, a market changes, uh, even a, a key player leaves, anything like that. So that's in some respects, just kind of the reality of business that, that we've got to always be ready okay. to deal with that change and not lock ourselves down that way. But it's it's really a matter of going back to, to me, back to the foundation, back to the fundamentals kind of a thing of, okay, yeah, we've got to reevaluate where we are as a company, where our, hopefully our overall vision of what we're going to do is not changing that much, but still obviously this, the, the immediate picture of, okay, what are we doing in the next 90 days? What are we doing in the next year is probably changed. But even this is a simple structure is like a, an accountability chart or org chart within your organization. Okay. If we've got to get to the point where we've got to lay off people, I can look at my, if I, because I've got a core plan here in my business to say, these are the key roles. These are the key pieces I need. I can look at that and say, okay, can I combine two different roles here for John over here? And he can handle both of those kind of pieces. It's, it's having that kind of data, that kind of process at my fingertips as that visionary or as that business owner to say, okay, I know where I can pull the levers. I know where I can change things without just doing it on gut feelings and egos and just saying, hey, panic tomorrow. We, we got to yank the, the, the cord and pull everything kind of a thing. It's, it's a much more systematic process that I can look at specific numbers, specific key indicators in the business and know, okay, where are we struggling? What's working? I can look at an org chart if I need to change or an accountability chart if I need to change personnel. I can, we've got a, a, a key set of issues that we're dealing with here. And we know from a, an internal standpoint, how do we address issues? When you've got those kind of foundational pieces in place, it takes away a lot of the panic kind of nature that, that comes in place when you're really just flying by the seat of your pants is the, the alternative. Because really a lot of the clients I'm dealing with, they, while obviously it's a struggle and while it's hitting home kind of a thing, it's not really a panic nature because like I said, they've, they've got the tools, they've got the foundation in place that, okay, yeah, we need to make some adjustments, but it's it's one of those where I always look at it, regardless of the situation, the, the amount of profit, the amount of revenue flowing through a company, obviously at higher levels, the same issues can be there, but the higher level revenue covers up a lot of that and makes it a lot, hey, we've got money, we can, it doesn't matter, our process is inefficient, we can just throw more money at it right now. Whereas today, all of a sudden revenues are down, profits and such are down, all that ex gets exposed. So it's really, it's the same kind of issues that you face on a daily basis. It's just a matter of, okay, outside circumstances, i.e. a big pandemic, obviously have a lot of a, a magnification effect on it, but it really just comes down to that foundation more than anything. Are you tired of the instability of your business? Do you want to stop cash flow challenges, achieve stability in profit, and build a business that you could sell? Do you want to introduce strategies that provide certainty of income, reinvigorate you and your team so that you put an end to plateauing and get your business thriving again? In every sector, in every country, in every state of the economy, there are always businesses that book the trend and outperform the market. It is possible to turn your business around and grow the profitability, reach and impact of your business and put your business back on course for a worthy exit or rewarding future. In my new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, I show you how. 
I wrote this book for business owners who are putting so much into their business at the expense of time with their family and on their health and who are not getting the results that they desire. I have brought 25 years of experience working in businesses large and small and combining the disciplines of business strategy with mindset with scaling a business to bring you a proven way to scale your business with certainty. To grab your free copy of Survive and Thrive, how to secure scale and succeed in business, go to www.surviveandthrive.cc. I'll cover the cost of the book. You just cover the cost of shipping and handling. So head over to surviveandthrive.cc to get your free copy of the book. I love what you did there was actually you took um, an outside thing like a pandemic and said, well, actually, yeah, it's global. It's got a global impact, but it's actually just like you would have with any other business challenge that comes along a competitor setting up or loss of key members of staff because that whilst whilst not underestimating or diminishing the impact that it's having it's it's also sort of bringing it down to worth rather than becoming this all-consuming specter yeah it really is and unfortunately i've yet to see a business that can grow and scale and not have any kind of challenges. It's, it's, I, I forget what the model was. It, it came out a long time ago that basically said there's a, an evolutionary or a reactionary movement that, okay, evolution, we got the nice smooth growth kind of a thing through a company, but basically the revolution side says, okay, we've hit some kind of a plateau. We've hit a ceiling here in our business, whether it's like you said, a, a key person leaving, whether it's a, a pandemic, whatever it is, and we've got to make a course change. We've got to make an adjustment here. And that's really almost the, the deciding point at a business is, okay, are we going to try to tread water? Are we going to try to stay with the same? Or is it, are we going to be able to break through this ceiling and go forward? Or is it going to kill us kind of a thing? And the ability to take those tools, take that foundation, take those traits of leadership and say, okay, we're going to break through that is really where the the ones that are going to come out of this best, the other side, or at least come out situated enough that they can grow faster. Because anytime we see this is like in the States, we had the the, the big recession 2008 or whatever, and you saw big name companies now that everybody recognizes come out, they weren't big name companies at that time. They were able to put together the resources, put together the foundation and say, okay, we're going to take this opportunity and treat it as an opportunity and and build and, and solidify our foundation such that when the, the light does start breaking through the clouds that, okay, now we really are in position to go hit the gas and take off rather than the ones that just kind of hunker down and pull the the turtle move, pull the the legs and heads inside and say, yeah. hey, we're just going to wait for this to blow over kind of a thing or try to survive. Yeah. So we took, I, I love the thinking that actually let's use this opportunity as something to break through to, you know, to, to come out uh, as the as the victor so much further ahead. What are some of the things that business owners can do to kind of break through their, the ceiling that might be holding them back, whether it be a pandemic, whether it be, um, that their current business trajectory up until this moment? Well, in a lot of ways, and it, it really depends, obviously, on the situation kind of a thing there. But if you've got uh, orders are slowed down, whatever kind of a thing, this is actually, in many ways, the perfect time to go back and reinvest in your business to say, okay, because when, when you come out the other side and all of a sudden the, the manufacturing process is 110% kind of thing, full speed, that's really not the time to go try to rebuild and re-architect things underneath that you almost need to take advantage, again, if you can, and obviously that's simplifying things quite a bit for, for everybody, but still, if you've got that ability right now to come back in and work on some of those processes, work on some of those systems, it doesn't have to be an, an overhaul by any means, but still just looking at, okay, what go back and look at our, our delivery process. Where are the rough edges right now? What can we do to 
streamline this because obviously streamlining it will help you today that hopefully we're losing co- or lowering costs and or making it more profitable. But even still tomorrow, like I said, once the once this starts breaking kind of a thing there, now you'll be that much more streamlined going forward that you can ramp it back up and be be a lot more efficient at that point. So it's it's really going back to that foundation. Any Anytime you run into struggles like this is always go back to your foundation. And looking through through your process efficiency to make sure where you can save costs, where you can do it more effectively with the resource that you've got so that you can emerge from this as a leaner business. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're not good at the whole systems piece, um, where can you go? You know, in 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 general, to 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 for other people that specialize in systems that you can tap into that will help you. There definitely are. There is um, obviously from my world, the the EOS world. There is actually a whole series of books out there written that it's uh, EOS's traction is the the core book, the core pinnacle of the system, uh, written by Gino Wickman that literally breaks down all of the tools, everything. You can take that book and you've got the entire system right there for you, kind of a thing. Then beyond that, there's obviously uh, coaches like myself that what I bring to the table different from just you picking up the book and reading yourself is I bring that outside accountability, that outside questioning that I may not have a background in manufacturing, for example, my background's in tech. I can still look at that manufacturing company and say, why are you doing things that way? I I can ask the stupid question, honestly, because I'm not expected to be an expert in manufacturing. So I can ask that stupid question. And a lot of times that kind of helps that entrepreneur, that visionary, or even their whole leadership team kind of step back and say, well, one, that's kind of the way we've always done things, but maybe that's not necessarily the best way or there are other other ways of of looking at that kind of a thing. So that kind of outside questioning, that kind of accountability is what a third-party coach can can bring to any given system. Because a lot of, there's, there's a number of different systems out there. You can go obviously through books or through websites, whatever, pick up a lot of that stuff. But you, you really, the bringing in that outside coach really can help drive that forward and drive the business forward just from that, that outside accountability. So it's, to me, it's the combination of the two that can really help a, help a business move forward. And I love that people, some business owners are using this time to reinvest or even reinvent their business. You know, I just saw a, a, a post in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in that's, that somebody's taking a government stimulus, one gym owner has taken a government stimulus package alone and he's just used it in his territory, his area, to completely refit his gym. So when they reopen, he's going to have the new gym with all the latest equipment, et cetera, and, and, and probably more efficiently run as well. So that, that whole uh, stimulus or, or shock to your business that's now causing you to, to look how you can do it from you know, the ground up and the top down simultaneously, run it more efficiently, take out uh, – you know, costs that are unnecessary, take out uh, inefficiencies, uh, has to happen in a business and it, it, it helps you prepare for future growth. Oh, it definitely does. It's it's the businesses that honestly don't reinvest, don't don't look at that are the ones that are they're destined to fall behind kind of a thing there. Because if that gym comes back looking the exact same way as they closed six months ago, yet their big competition has made that reinvestment, which one am I going to go to? Am I going to, if I'm paying the same kind of thing for a gym membership and that one's got a whole bunch of brand new equipment, brand new programs, brand new whatever, or, or for that matter, it's whatever cleaning kind of equipment that they, yeah, they're, they're better sanitized over there than the one over here kind of a thing. It's, it's a marketing draw even at that point that, okay, they're going to attract the business. They're going to attract the customers. 
because they've made that reinvestment into the business. It must give you um, a huge amount of sort of pride and uh, and fulfillment to see business get traction. So when you start to implement the vision traction or uh, organizer, you start to implement the uh, entrepreneurial operating system, the UIS, to see results. Can you can you share? like a case study of one of your clients where you've worked with, where you've you've seen a massive transformation as a result of the work that you've done implementing the OS? Yeah, it, it really does to your point that honestly, that's one of the reasons I got into it kind of a thing because when I was doing it from the technology standpoint, we'd spend all this time, all this investment to go implement a new tool because obviously they're frustrated with the way their sales process does and we implement the new tool and they're still frustrated kind of a thing because it's still not working because they didn't have the process in place. So that's really where I'm, I'm picking up people most is, is with that frustration to say, okay, I've obviously, we've hit the ceiling whether they know the, the terminology or whatever kind of a thing. We're frustrated with the business, whether it's things like people issues that, okay, staff's just not working together or it's a lot of times the, the, the one I've dealt with most recently. Companies started out as a, two, three, four person company kind of a thing. Visionary, obviously he's full of ideas kind of a thing that, hey, come in next week. Let's, let's, let's look at this market. Let's make this change or whatever. And the company's small enough and agile enough at that point, they make that quick change. Whereas now they were up to 35 something employees and the visionary was just pulling his hair out kind of a thing. It's like, we used to be able to turn on a dime here yesterday. And now it these projects are taking six, nine months and half of them don't get completed, et cetera, kind of a thing that we just feel like we're stuck in the mud here. It's like, okay, how do we move this thing forward anymore? And ready to say, okay, I, I quit. This is not what I, this is not what I built. This is not what I, I signed up for. It's like, what, what do we do? So to me, that's the, that's the why, that's the satisfaction to say, okay, hang on a sec, don't quit. Let's take another six months, a year on this. Let's do a little bit of restructuring here. Let's let's put in some of these systems, this foundation that basically you don't have. You kind of grew this organically and by the seat of your pants. And all of a sudden you can realize, oh yes, we can actually have some fun with this. Again, we can get back to enjoying this. And to me, that's that's the biggest why is just really seeing almost the the light or the the pressure, the stress, et cetera, kind of come off of them and say, okay, I can actually enjoy my business again. I can go golf on Friday because I don't have to worry about everybody else burning the house down kind of a thing. It's, it's, I, I can actually have some fun and enjoy this again. And that's, that's, that's the pleasure I get out of it more than anything. Sure. So can you share a case study then of a, a really sort of uh, a good, strong turnaround as a result of implementing the EOS? Well, there's, there's lots of them out there. There's actually EOS has got a quite a few video ones, but still no, it's the, like I said, the one I was working with here just recently, it, it really was a case of, okay, building back that foundation to say, okay, because really from a, a, a people standpoint, he'd just been ad hoc adding people. Okay, we're, we're not getting enough sales. So that must mean we need to add another salesperson over here. And well, we're still not getting enough sales. What's going on? And there was just a lot of people turnover in that business. And honestly, the staff at that point was kind of losing heart, was like, okay, as long as I can stay off of his radar, then then I'm okay right now. That let him focus on somebody else right now for the time being. That keep my head down. It's like that's not really, that, that's not how you want your team working together. Saying okay, uh oh, here comes the boss again, kind of a thing. Who's getting fired or who's getting in trouble now? So being able to go back in with him and say okay, let's look at your sales process. Let's look at what are you doing here. The fact that you've got marketing going out with one message, and you've got sales going out with a different message here. 
And then, okay, now operations is trying to deliver on, wait a minute, what, what marketing promised this and salesperson A promised this, salesperson B promised this. There's no way they can be successful. So it really actually started purely at that vision level to say, okay, we've got to get everybody in the company on the same page. Who are you trying to go after? How are you messaging it to them? So then again, that just simplifies life for the operation side to say, okay, I'm selling the same widget every time. It's not the same. It's not the issue that salesperson A sold a blue widget, salesperson B sold a red one, and we've never built red widgets, but he thought it might be a good idea because the customer wanted it. And now we got to go figure out how to go build wet red widgets. And it's like, this doesn't work here. It's like, we've, we've got to know that, okay, we are in the blue widget business and we're going to go, everybody sells blue widgets. We've got it figured out exactly how to deliver that on track kind of a thing here. So it, it really was a case of just getting them on the same page from their messaging standpoint, from their brand standpoint, all of a sudden alleviates that that tension throughout the entire organization is all of a sudden people can come back and say, okay, yeah, I can't actually have fun here because I'm not having to be constantly berated either by the, the owner or by the customer because the customer was sold one thing and we can't deliver that. And the, your, there's, a, there's a much greater cohesion in your messaging out to the marketplace. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's much more obvious that I can look at that company and say, okay, I now know exactly what you do. I know exactly what I'm going to get by engaging with you kind of a thing there. And I don't have that question or that that concern that, okay, well, what, what's going to happen here on the end and what am I really paying for, et cetera. It makes it, honestly, it makes the sales process a lot easier kind of a thing there because it's it's very clear, very structured to say, this is exactly what you're going to get. Here's the guarantee around it. Here's the exact deliverable around it. And, and I know what I'm investing in or what I'm paying for right now as a customer. So conversions, sales went up? Conversions went up. Obviously, uh, people retention went, went way up, job satisfaction kind of a thing there that they were not having to deal with all the turnover. And that was really a big cost center right there. There's like, you look at the the amount of cost involved with bringing somebody new on, trying to train them, get all that kind of For stuff. Sure. And even that goes back to your process that, okay, do you even have, with, with our org chart, with our accountability chart, we look at every single seat there and say, okay, this seat on the chart is in charge of these five responsibilities. And if you don't have that, if you just go, let's go hire a new person in over here and basically say, good luck on your first day, go figure out what you're supposed to do, go figure out your own role. That just doesn't, obviously it's a waste of money for us that they're having to spend our time and our resources figuring out what they should be doing rather than us having that predefined and baked for them. But it just immediately leads to job dissatisfaction. It's like, okay, what am I doing in this place? How am I really going to be helpful? Or for that matter, I've got to sit here and scramble to make sure that I'm looking good to the boss kind of a thing to hang on to this position. It's just, it's things like that, that, okay, it's, it's little stuff, but it, it really impacts down the, down the road. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In just listening to you speak, you go, hold on, making sure that marketing and sales sending the same message, it's not rocket science, but it's amazing how over time those messages um, and the way they land can diverge without mm -hmm. either team realizing that an external person listening or observing, or absorbing the message thinks, hold on, you're saying red and the other one's saying blue. Many teams are not aware of that, are they? Businesses don't know that. It, it really doesn't. And it's, it's, it's not intentional, like you said. It, it's just over time, if there's not a cohesive message coming down from the top, if, if sales is kind of left on their own to figure things out or sales is under pressure that, hey, we got to up the numbers, we got to up the numbers, then they're off trying new things, trying to figure things out on their own to up the numbers. 
when they're not communicating necessarily with marketing or with operations to say, okay, can we even deliver this new idea that I just came up with? And, and oh yeah, I went out and sold it last week too. So <laughs> figure out how to deliver it. But it's, it's, and it's just little stuff that kind of creeps in because that's our, I'd almost say it's our self-preservation nature when we're working inside of a company like that to say, hey, the boss is unhappy that we got to get sales numbers up. So I, I, I want to keep my job. So I'm going to go do whatever I can to sell it. It's like, okay, that's, that's a maverick going off on their own kind of a thing rather than a cohesive company approach. So rather than the message from the boss being, we need to get sales up, it needs to be, okay, here's our overall vision of this new market we're going to go into and how we're going to approach the market, how we're going to, how we're going to message the market, et cetera. And that needs to have a marketing component, needs to have a sales component, needs to have an operations component, et cetera, all fitting into that rather than just the, the, the uh, typical kind of message of, Hey, more sales, more sales kind of thing, better, better numbers right now. What do you think stops those teams those separate departments or teams in a business having those, there's collaborative conversations. Really, it's it's the to me it's the it's the lack of vision, but it's also inadvertently kind of pitting them against each other to say, okay, is this a a marketing issue versus a sales issue? It's like those two teams shouldn't be in competition with each other. They they should be working close at hand to say, okay, marketing says, okay, here's our our next promo for next month or whatever. And sales is right on board with it to say, okay, marketing's pushing these three bullet points of these three features. Sales is also out there leveraging those three features kind of a thing there. So it's, it's really, it's, it's not having a cohesive picture in the company and it's fostering that, that sense of competitiveness to say, okay, and, and you really want to be careful, especially on the negative side to say, okay, when we, we didn't meet the numbers. Okay. You don't want to have, well, sales is pointing at marketing saying they didn't get us enough leads and marketing's pointing at sales saying, well, we, they didn't close on the leads we brought them kind of a thing there. And you want to say, it's okay. It's, it's not marketing versus sales. It's, it's, we are one team working together. You may have one set of responsibilities versus theirs, but we're still one team. If we didn't make numbers, the entire team didn't make numbers and we've got to figure out and address, okay, why didn't we as a group not pointing fingers? Cause that's, human nature to do, obviously, but it's still, it's, it's can be very destructive inside of, especially smaller entrepreneurial kind of companies. Oh, for sure. And I, and I love that whole piece around, we all have to take responsibility that we made numbers rather than pointing your finger at, you know, it was sales's fault or it was marketing's fault, which often, too often happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's bringing people together, aligning them to a vision, getting the systems and processes in place to create efficiency, looking after the health of the team. Um, they're such solid business fundamentals. Why do you think some business owners lose track or stop practicing those fundamentals as they scale? A lot of it actually, I would say, is success actually hurts us. Because if you start, like I said, if you start getting the profits rolling, if you start getting the revenues rolling, then they tend to that tends to cover things up that okay. I just believe now that, hey, our revenues are looking good. Our numbers are looking good. We must not have any issues or any problems kind of a thing. And it's like you almost kind of let your foot off the gas and say, okay, things things are good up until the point that a pandemic shows up the, the next month that nobody saw coming kind of a thing. And then all of a sudden, whoa, we actually do have productivity issues or, or process issues, et cetera, here. And, and we're wasting a lot of those resources. So it's it's almost still that you've almost got to always focus on, okay, where can we, where can we grow? Where can we improve? Because even if numbers are up, 
okay, if we increase productivity, they can be up even more kind of a thing. So it's it's getting uh, complacent really more than anything is where I see a lot of problems. And you don't see it next week or next month or whatever kind of a thing build up until something really big happens. And then all of a sudden it's really exposed there real quick. It just kind of creeps up on you that that complexity basically in the business that look at it a lot of times you look at early startup day and say, okay, you've got the founder and their, their partner or whatever there. That's just one single line of communication. Nice, simple, easy, everything's good there. As soon as you add, okay, let's add a third player in here. You've increased headcount by 50%. But now you've got three complete separate lines of communication. You've increased communication challenges 300 times. And you keep blowing that up, just add one more person. It's, it's an exponential scale at that point. And from a business owner, you say, well, I'm just adding one more person. It's not a big deal. But it's that complexity that just kind of builds up, builds up, builds up over time until something happens and the, the, the stack of blocks falls over at that point. Sure. So if anybody's feeling that their stack of blocks has fallen over or they want to know more about how to put into practice vision, traction, and health, uh, how can they find out more about what you and your team do, Jeff? Really easy. Again, all up on the website is admentus, A-D-M-E-N-T-U-S.com. And there's a resources tab up there. You can actually download the first chapter of Traction right there, as well as a another book called Get a Grip that's more of a a, a narrative, fictional kind of narrative, but that's more of your style. So both of those books are available up there along with a number of other resources kind of a thing there. And then real simple is just if you've got questions or struggling or whatever right now, I'm always open to answer any questions or do anything I can. Just send an email to me. Just ask ASK at admentus.com. Admentus, A-D-M-E-N-T-U-S, admentus.com. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today. And I think for me, it's really reassuring to know that whether it's a global pandemic or it's a loss of a member of staff, the same business fundamentals, you get them right, you can emerge from the challenge in a leaner, more profitable place, better prepared for the next phase of growth. It really is. And the reality is it's like that that happens to every business all the time kind of a thing. So you, you've just, you've got to be preparing for it. But yeah, no, it's, it's obviously strange times we're in right now, but at the same time, I'm, I'm always the, the half glass full. It's like, okay, this is an opportunity to go to go build and go scale and come out of this stronger. So I'll, that's the, the companies that do are going to be the ones that lead us out of this. Yeah, for sure. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms. Enjoy more success and create more impact.